Well, good morning, apes, and uh, hello, everybody. It's been a while since we, we you know, joined together and uh, discussed markets and everything here. We missed you guys over the past week or so, but certainly hope you had a very happy, healthy holiday season. Hopefully not too healthy, especially over this past weekend, of course. I mean, any wise apes out there still recovering from New Year's Eve? Nothing but respect for you. Tough scene if you had to go back into the office today, of course, but certainly best of luck for that. Speaking of being back into the office, that is why we are back coming at you live again here this morning. We are back in the Daily Peel Global headquarters today after being, you know, away a couple of different places. It just wasn't ideal to be going live. We wouldn't want to treat you guys with anything less than the optimal experience. So we did take off the week for the holiday season in terms of going live and everything. Hope you guys still enjoyed the written editions every day. But of course, Happy New Year to everybody. And thank you guys once again for joining us here today. Probably be a relatively quick conversation given that, uh, you know, there really hasn't been too much going on in terms of major news or anything else like that. We've been doing a lot of, you know, year-end roundup conversations, getting us prepared for the new year. Hope you guys like the Platinum Banana Awards. Let me know where I was completely wrong, if we should include any additional ones next year. Always looking for you guys' input on how we can make the Daily Peel even better for our wise apes out there. So let's go ahead and take a look at what was going on in the edition here today. Now, like I said, not a whole lot going on this uh, this weekend or anything. We did want to kind of summarize some important numbers and everything else that was going on in 2023. Give us a little bit of context for exactly where we are heading into the new year. I mean, what better way to start? Let me go ahead and zoom in on this a little bit so that we might be able to read it a little bit better. So in this edition, of course, we're going to be talking about some of the most important numbers for the year. We obviously got some major movements uh, on Friday. Despite the lack of volume, you know, there was still a lot of volatility across Different areas of the market, Coinbase and Lyft, definitely had an ugly scene. We always love to make fun of those two companies, so can't wait to do that with you guys here. And then, of course, finally, we dove into some sports betting, because what better weekend, what better time of year to be celebrating sports betting? I'm down here in North Carolina myself, where sports betting just became legalized. It was legalized a little while ago, but now the market is officially open. Let me know what I should be placing my bets on if you guys are into that kind of stuff. Of course you are. It's degeneracy, and that's what we're all about here at the Daily Peel, so... Can't wait to get even more involved in that sense. So in our market snapshot, of course, we wanted to include some data on exactly what was going on in 2023. Friday was a pretty shitty way to uh, end off the year. It was overall a good year of 24.23% for the S&P, a much higher for the NASDAQ. Great year for, you know, mega cap tech stocks. What else is new? That's pretty much how everything is every year. But we definitely got a showcase of that last year. So it was interesting to see, even though we didn't end on exactly a very good note, still a good year overall. WSO Alpha portfolio, things were looking pretty good. I mean, surprisingly good by those room temperature IQ apes over there. The Alpha portfolio did return about 32.23% for the year, beating the S&P 500, but missing our benchmark. We use the NASDAQ because we like the challenge. We want to be even more degenerate than most active managers are. So that's why we're benchmarking, benchmarking excuse me, off the NASDAQ there. So we did underperform. Won't have to get this year. I mean, it probably will. We'll see what happens. But we're going to try our best for you guys and definitely be sure to join us along the way. We have our first equity research report that's going to be released this very week. You guys are definitely going to want to stick around and see that, see what company it is. And, of course, tell those eights how wrong their opinions are. But we can't wait to hear what you guys think. Now, unfortunately, Japan did stumble into the new year on a relatively tragic and unfortunate note. 7.6 magnitude earthquake evacuations are still ongoing, I'm pretty sure, uh, Basically, the big fear is that a tidal wave or some kind of tsunami could come and, you know, really fuck shit up like it did a couple of years ago. That is the technical meteorological term, by the way, is fuck shit up, because that's exactly what earthquakes and tsunamis tend to do. Now, 
Unfortunately, most of us did get report cards and transcripts in school and everything. I know it was nothing but a source of disappointment for my parents. I'm sure it's the same thing for you. But presidents and our elected officials don't really get anything like that. Despite that, the Wall Street Journal did try to give one for Joe Biden there. So if you have a subscription, definitely worthwhile going to check that out. College football playoffs this weekend. I mean, we saw a big win from Michigan, went into OT. Great game on that front. But unfortunately for people like me who are more Longhorns fans, there was absolutely no hooking on this weekend. They did end up giving up that game, although it was right down to the wire at the very end, but definitely some questionable calls by the referees. Hopefully you guys made some money on those games at the very least, even if your team didn't win. But hey, either way, let's go ahead and dive into kind of the main story for the day. So 2023 in numbers, we wanted to do some review of some of the most important data that happened last year. Give us a little bit of context of exactly what the hell's going on coming into 2024. We'll pretend like we know what's going on here because at the end of the day, who really does? I mean, we certainly don't know what's going on in terms of keeping track of the year. You know, it did just become 2024 over here in the Gregorian calendar. Shout out to Pope Gregory, by the way. But in a bunch of different other places in the world, it's a totally different year. I don't know if they actually use this in practice or anything, but I kept seeing this all over the place. So hopefully you aren't too sick of hearing facts like that just yet this year, but it's always going to be stuff like that. And then, of course, what we said at the top in you know, saying things like uh, we're just as close to 2040 as we are to 2008 and all that crazy shit right there. Definitely get used to it because there's going to be a lot more of that coming. Hopefully the years between now and 2040 are much like this year in terms of equity market performances, however. Turned 24.23% in 2023 from the S&P 500. We shouted out the other indexes above, but if we go ahead and take a look at how that pairs up historically, that is the 22nd best year on record for the S&P 500 since, you know, being its launch in about 1928. Uh, that is, you know, right in line with, uh, you know, a lot of other years that we've seen recently. If you go ahead and look at, you know, different periods throughout equity market history, we see over the past decade or so, we've been drastically outperforming that average on, a, you know, quite a few years. And it's something that's been interesting to see. It's one of those ideas of volatility clustering. But so we'll see if that's going to be able to continue going forward. But that equity market performance was largely supported by a couple of other kind of base effects in the overall economy, of course. Unemployment is still near 50-year lows. You guys are doing a great job out there just grinding as consumer workers, creating shareholder value as always. I mean, who does that better than the wise apes here at WSO? Now, in terms of creating that shareholder value, it does look like there's been less and less opportunities throughout 2023 as we've seen essentially job cuts, well, not job cuts, but job growth additions have dramatically slowed down. It's not anywhere in like a concerning range just yet, but going from 500K to less than 200k in you know the course of a year it's definitely an interesting trend to keep an eye on now we all know that the u.s economy is 70 percent consumer spending so that really is going to be the most important thing to kind of uplift not only the economy and your life in general but of course your portfolio what's more important life enjoyment or having a good portfolio i would personally take the good portfolio every day of the week but knowing myself that's never going to happen so trying to be a little bit more realistic here we are keeping an eye on spending very much heavily going into this year as you can see, what happens in the U.S. economy is people don't really stop spending until there are job cuts on that. Like most people, as long as they have their job, even if they're not getting a raise or a fat bonus, as we know, none of us did, especially those of us who work on Wall Street this year. Even if you're not getting that, we're not going to slow our spending until you absolutely turn off the spigot. By that, I mean getting fired. Now, uh, if we go ahead and look at exactly kind of what's going on in the spending market now, it was relatively range-bound in 2023. $594 billion was the minimum. $612 billion was the max in any given kind of month. But throughout that has been just racking up a credit card debt balance. 
wage growth has slowed down. And so that means if we're going to keep spending the same amount of money, that's going to come from somewhere else. And so we're putting it on the plastic. $1.08 trillion. I mean, trillion dollar in credit card debt alone is definitely one of the more concerning things out there. But that's still not even half the market cap of companies like Microsoft and Apple. So maybe it's not worth freaking out about just yet. Like we always say, it's more important to be asking the right questions than exactly knowing what the answer is going to be. Because at the end of the day, we're never really going to know those answers. Just some important stuff to keep track of as we head into this new year that you definitely want to stay aware of. All right, so moving on into the equity market movers of the day, we have Fisker. This is kind of like the little brother of, you know, uh, the, the electric vehicle market. It's the one that I always forget about. So naturally, I assume that that means that everybody else forgets about it there too. So Fisker, they had a very solid day. Deliveries came in much better than expected, up 300% from quarter to quarter. That brings the total deliveries for 2023 to 4,700, which is still microscopic compared to other companies like Tesla. And even, you know, pretty small compared to Rivian, although there wasn't great data on that this morning. And you bet we'll be talking about that tomorrow as well. But either way, interesting dynamic in the EV market, especially with the change of over rates now. Moving on down below, T-Mobile, this was super boring. I do apologize that I wrote about something that moved less than 1%, but it was a pretty cool story overall. So as you guys know, T-Mobile linked up with Sprint a couple of years ago. I feel like that merger had been happening since the day I was born. So I don't really know quite honestly when it started, but it did finish up just a couple of years ago. And it came with uh, certain agreements for the companies involved. Sprint was owned by SoftBank, Masayoshi Son. You know, that guy fucks around and he has his hands over and everything. So he was big time involved in this deal. And boy, did he hook up his company, SoftBank, in this case, much better than his performance with WeWork and kind of just burning money in that case. This time they actually decided they wanted to make some. And so as part of the merger agreement with Sprint, essentially there was a deal that if T-Mobile's share price was kept above $150 for 45 days or not necessarily consecutively, but for 45 days above that level, then SoftBank would have the right to essentially take uh, a shit ton of new shares. And that's exactly what happened on at the end of last week or at the end of last year. SoftBank was awarded $7.6 billion worth of equity in T-Mobile. So although that's terrible for investors, the share price moved higher because it was really the big fear that uh, was kind of weighing things down was exactly that dilution. So having that in the rearview mirror is always beneficial, much less to be scared of going forward. Some people were even saying it basically took a, that that 150 level was kind of a cap on the share price there. You have to look more into that to see how accurate that was, but either way, Having that in the rearview mirror is definitely welcome news for investors. So Coinbase had some interesting action to end the year, despite Bitcoin, digital assets, cryptocurrencies in general, having a phenomenal year in 2023. Didn't end it on the best note necessarily. Now they did perform much stronger over the weekend, but on that final trading day of the year, wasn't looking too good over in that market. Coinbase, a couple other names got caught up in that. Obviously it's been absolutely ripping today. I think MicroStrategy is up like 15% already. So. Any degenerates involved in that market, feel free to uh, go ahead and brag about your gains. We definitely want to hear about it as well. But for now, we can go ahead and move on to another absolute piece of shit stock. Here we have Lyft. Of course, Lyft is the number one competitor to Uber, especially here in the United States. They went ahead and they fell about 3.54% on Friday. Uh, you know, we made the worst joke in human history saying that they should change their name to drop. So do apologize for ruining your new year with that already. But hey, that's what we're here to do. I can completely understand why this uh, would get de would get downgraded by Nomura, though. I don't know if you guys take Lyft or Uber or anything. I like to check both personally. Going out for you know things over this weekend, ended up taking a Lyft, and it was the cheapest thing I have ever paid for in my entire life. It was about a 12-minute ride, and it cost me less than $7. So 
It's understandable. Clearly, they're making absolutely no money off that. I don't know what the drivers are pulling in from that chip, but it was just absolutely ridiculous to see the prices that low. Great for consumers, tough for investors. And like I said, we're all about creating shareholder value over here. So shout out to anybody over at Lyft. You definitely got some work to do. All right, but moving on down to our last and kind of a final point of the day. Like we said, not a whole lot going on. So we figured we'd just take the chance to kind of reflect on the sports betting market because what's better than the, the only degeneracy that might be a little bit better than trading stocks is going to be sports betting. So this is, of course, a booming industry here in the United States after having been legalized in 2018 by the Supreme Court. They overturned the Professional Amateur Sports Protection Act. This is basically a 1992 law that those fucking losers in Congress signed because they thought there's going to be money laundering and a bunch of shit like that going on if they legalize sports betting. Turns out that if you legalize sports betting, the only thing that increases is fun. And so that's exactly what we saw in North Carolina as the year trending into 2024. We are now officially a legal state. We have open markets and everything. And Vermont is going to join the gang as well on the 11th of the month. Shout out to any Vermonters, any fellow North Carolinians out there. Uh, was definitely a great addition to see there. We do still have about 12 states, however, that it is currently illegal in. You are not allowed to sports bet two of the biggest states in the United States in California and Texas. Like we said down below here, they make up about 20% of the of the country's entire population. So that is really where the growth in the market sits. Is it going to be legalized? Is it not? Like we said in the addition, it's very similar to kind of the, the cannabis laws at the federal level. Uh, nobody really seems to be wanting to do anything on that front, especially heading into an election year. And a lot of the sports betting laws have kind of been put on ice in their respective states as well. But either way, for companies like DraftKings, for companies like FanDuel, MGM, Barstool, even fucking Disney is in on the gambling market now, which is an absolutely crazy thing to say. But as soon as Disney, I believe they, what, it, uh, Mickey Mouse just came into public domain this year. So now that Mickey Mouse is no longer, you know, making what he was to Disney before, I guess they can get into the degeneracy markets on things like ESPN Bet. Definitely go out there and make a ton of money, guys. Even if the industry isn't growing too much, hopefully you can still play because like we said here, there's always one better way from financial freedom. Please, in actuality, please bet responsibly. Don't ruin your life over sports betting, although it is kind of funny to see videos and stuff like that. So if you do ruin your life, at least take a video and record it for the internet for the benefit of everybody else. But otherwise, just try not to ruin your life on that front. Of course, this just has us wondering how big the industry will become overall, if any of these other states are going to uh, legalize it or if there's going to be some federal action as well. You're getting in on drafting stock. I mean, what's your valuation? What's your price target on that front? Definitely had a great year up well over 200%. So we'll see if that can continue. And of course, to finish up for the day, let's go ahead and check out uh, some game that Seth Klarman was spitting back in the day. Wise Investor says, in a sense, value investing is a large-scale arbitrage between security prices and underlying business value. That's one of the nerdiest quotes I've ever heard in my entire life, but it definitely is accurate, and that's why we wanted to include it in here for you guys today. Seth Klarman, uh, one of the greatest, one of the goats of all time. He really is uh, one of the best of the best out there. So definitely a lot to learn from despite having like a huge nerd. Thank you guys so much for joining us here on live today. We're right back to our regularly scheduled programming, by the way. So we will see you guys at, uh, we're going to see you guys every day this week and every day beyond there. Thank you guys again for joining us in these early days as well. We can't wait to see where the journey takes us. Be sure to, you know, comment, give me some ratings based on the addition today. Like I said at the beginning. We're always looking to make things better for you guys. And especially as we enter into 2024 with the ball dropping right behind me, as you guys can all see, this is a great time to be reflecting and kind of looking at what we can improve upon. So always happy to be chatting with you guys here this morning. We will see you guys tomorrow. And as always, happy trading. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. 
If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. Until next time.